Welcome to episode 27 of the F Stops Here podcast. Uh, we're back with the entire group today: Jamie, Josh, and Zach. I'm Joe, and uh, let's let's hop into it. Uh, Zach, what you been shooting recently? Uh, actually, I um I got uh, finished up with an engagement session here last week, um, and that's that's really kind of it. Just been taking it easy. It's it's actually been a lot of uh, photography research that's been going on on my part. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. We'll get we'll get into that more later, uh, but really not a whole lot. Exciting stuff. Josh, what about you? Um, not a lot of shooting, but a lot of uh, editing. Um, finishing up the wedding I did a little bit ago. Um, they knew I was going to take a little time doing it, and so I've been working on that. Um, actually found a couple of. Uh, fantastic um, free presets for Lightroom that are doing exactly what it, what I wanted to do without having to put out the money for it. So that's been kind of fun. Um, I can even drop the link if people are interested, but it's pretty cool presets. Do a little tweaking on them. It's just to use as a base to get going. But um, took a couple of wide-out shots, and I've, I've always had Lightroom for the lens profiles. And, um, man, lens profiles save my rear end. I, I got some... Got, got one great shot that was a wideout, 24 millimeter on a on a full frame. Have you upgraded um, so to really, Lightroom Five yet? No. Oh. I'm four four. Oh. I, have, I have not upgraded. It's so beautiful. Uh, I know. I hear I hear good things. I hear really good things. But anyway, lens profiles saved it because now I've got a great wideout picture and uh, and uh, it kept everything from looking bent and vignetted and stuff. So that was awesome. But uh, but yeah, anyway. Um, the one thing I, I have discovered after going through all my pictures and doing everything is that I could have easily done the entire wedding on a 35 millimeter lens and been happy with every single shot. So I, I used to be a huge fan of the 50 millimeter lens, and now I think I've found a new love in 35 millimeter. So I'm sure we can segue into that at some point. But that was one thing I discovered. I went with my gut and got a 35 for the the wedding and I don't regret it at all. So. Which which thirty five did you get? Canon's thirty five. I the, um I rented the thirty five um, f two is. And um, how I'll helpful you what, do you think the is was? It actually was super helpful. There were shots that I nailed without a flash at one fortieth of a second that have no blur. Hmm. So steady hands. Um, yeah, steady hand. Why well, I, I no coffee. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I, I was, I mean, even on other podcasts, I've made fun of IS and really short primes, but it kind of made sense. Um, you know, I don't know, I, I left it on the entire time, partly because, you know, I've got a giant flash on top and you have this short little, like, no weight lens, so everything's kind of, like, top heavy. So I just figured, hey, what, couldn't it hurt? And the, the lens is tack sharp, too. Um, fantastic little lens. If I had the money, I'd go buy it right now. But yeah. It's a great lens, so, so I, I one, really can't make fun of IS anymore because this is the one four or the one two. This uh, was the F two. F two, okay. F two, yeah. I think it's like the the eight hundred dollar version. It's it's their their newest one they came out with. It's not an L, but it's not a. It's like, like the, it's like the mid range gold. Yeah, one. it's like the fifty one four. Mhm. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I, I decided to go with it, and I was very happy with it. Crop or uh, full frame, I was happy with both, because on a crop, it gives me 50, and on a full frame, it's just wide enough to hit everything. 
but like I said, lens profiles, if, we, if you throw it in there, it doesn't look like you're shooting on a wide so much, so throw a little trickery in there and you do everything with the lenses. Joe, did you just Google something in your glasses? No, I just retweeted your tweet. Welcome. From your glasses. From your glasses. God, you're such a nerd. You have to touch the computer. You're such a nerd. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Jamie, what have you been shooting before we go down this rabbit hole again? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Good win. Um, Actually, I did some senior portrait sessions. Uh, Of landscapes and birds and all that junk. I had some people (laughs) hunting me down for portrait work. Um. And I needed the break from, I think, the nature Wait, stuff. Wait, you did senior portraits of birds? Old or, birds, oh, yes. Yeah, 50-year-old okay, birds, Jeff. 50-year-old birds. I, just, I, I mean, hey, whatever. Whatever floats <laughs> your boat. No. So, like I said, I had a few people that were have been chasing me down trying to get some portrait work, and I thought, you know, I really need to get out of this whole single mindset, you know, of just doing nature and wildlife and stuff. So I did a couple of senior sessions on Sunday and I'll share a couple because this is a photography podcast, and I think I should share some photos. Show. I, I think this is actually the most popular part of our podcast. Jamie shares pictures. Yay! Jamie sharing pictures. Jamie, all right. So. Oh yeah. Okay. okay so Here we go. So everything I did was shot with, you know, obviously Micro Four Thirds and the Olympus Primes. Um, Not everything. Uh, what do you mean? Didn't you? Didn't you have a little trick? I saw a pic- I thought I saw a picture. A little oh, trick crap. Your- yeah, you called me out on the lens, baby. Yeah, <laughs> I did. You're right. Oh, uh, okay. it's, still, it's still a prime, technically. Oh, right? okay. but it's not an Olympus it's, prime. It's a, it's a 35 with Olympus a Olympus has fallen. Oh, no. I'll be here all night. When I borrowed Tampi's OMD, Tammy's OMD, when I borrowed yeah. her OMD, I used the 35, and it's a freaking fun lens, especially on a four-thirds. I don't know why. It just it felt fun to use, especially yep. with the size of the camera and the lens. I, I don't blame Jamie for busting it out. So I think my go-to lens on <clears throat> both these sessions was the uh, the 75mm 1.8, which is like a 150mm 1.8 on the the big boy cameras or whatever. It gives you a little bit of a nice impression on the shot. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you were talking about Lightroom presets and stuff like that. I like to kind of make my own and save them. So if you ever want some of those, Josh, I can Sweet. email them your right. way. Um, again, this was, I think this was probably like the, actually the 60 millimeter macro. It's a 2.8. Yeah, another awesome lens. Um, oh. 75 again and 60 millimeter macro again. So... Yeah, that's kind of what I did. Um, I had a lot of fun with it, and because of that, I am now doing more. <laughs> I've got more people that are asking. More senior photos. These online. Pardon me. More senior photos. More old birds, correct? Yes. <laughs> the old birds are not safe for me. Se- I love it. I'll send Joe the dirty old bird pictures. I'll flip Joe the bird. Okay, family facing podcast. Come on. So, hey, can I ask you guys a quick question really quick? Hence the uh, question part. So, um, another portrait session that I'm going to have coming up, uh, again, a senior in high school, he's a big fan of architecture. Okay. And I'm going to take him to our state capitol, which isn't too far from here. Uh, great architecture there. Do you guys, either any of you, um, have any recommendations for kind of incorporating architectural detail into a portrait shoot? It's kind of new to me, and I don't want to do it like really cliche, which would be like 12 millimeter, 8 millimeter fisheye, you know. Look at this I was about to recommend that. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, I mean. So yes, but <laughs> foot and mouth. Okay, so you know, I, I, I like to recover from that. Honestly, you could get away with something like that, like almost figure a way to incorporate him into the architecture, so he becomes part of the architecture. Like gargoyle poses, like no, I wouldn't go that crazy. Like, more like um, if there's like a bike stand in front of like a tall building, like a yeah. wide out. But yeah, I would definitely like shoot wide. Like, like standing in the bike stand, like as another bike kind of thing, like almost put him into into like the scene. Like you almost have to find him in the picture kind of thing. Just a thought. It okay. might. It, it could work, it could fail, but that would be the first thing I would try to do is like try to put him in the middle of stuff. Yeah, so, like, I, I think I think he's on to hear something. Like have like different angles, like you know, shooting a lot, maybe like top down I... or bottom up if you can get it. But you know, have it where if you're shooting top down, it's not just him that you're getting. You're getting a wider right. Does, does he sketch at all? Because it'd be cool to have like him sketching a building, and then you kind of like sh like put the sixty on and shoot in, so like you just see his hand. Have him the, build a building. Sketch. That's right. how you do it. Yeah, and then so, while you're at it, have him stand like this, so it looks okay, like he's we holding need you it up. To sit at the top of the stairs. I, it's Legos. I, I was about to say Legos. <laughs> yes. I mean, he does. He does have some. Uh, we are gonna have some props for the shoot, but Lego um, actually Lego just came out with a hundred fifty dollar architectural set. It's all white Legos with no instructions and guides on how to build like buildings and stuff. So you could totally have them sit there and build that kit. That would be Lego minimalism. I would exactly. um I would shoot wide exactly. to really kind of show the scale of the buildings yeah. that you're working with. Yeah. Uh, I, you know I plan 30, on doing shots. <laughs> Thirty five. Want to get some large shots like you know obviously to incorporate the dome of the Capitol building and things like that. But I just didn't know for you know, actual like closer up portrait, like you know, we'll say midsection up shots. If there's still a way that you can think of that's going to incorporate some of the architectural detail, I mean, obviously I'm not going to shoot stop down, you know, because or else I won't see anything behind him. But I didn't know if you guys knew of any resources that I could maybe look at to see, or if you had any experience in try trying to incorporate like fine details of the surroundings mm -hmm. along with a portrait. It's to me, it's hard to to conceptualize that. Because for me, portrait work seems like, at least now, maybe it's different in a different day and age or whatever, but right now it's like stop down, creamy bokeh background, you know, there could yeah, be a yeah. car on fire behind most people and you never know it in the photo, but in this case, I don't want that. I want something to kind of show through to give you a feel of where we're at. Well, you know, I was talking about like incorporating, this is, I'm going to share a screenshot of the one wing thing I did when the lens profile really saved me, because uh, I was able to shoot wide out and then straighten everything. But um, this one right here, um, I don't know if you guys can see. That's cool. Yeah, right? that's exactly what I was talking about. Nice. Really yeah, showed and, the scale. Um, yeah, so like I put them in the door. Um, the cool thing was is that with this picture, her wedding colors are actually blue, so the door was blue. Um, I kind of faded the color a little bit. But that is literally one of those free, set, free presets I picked up with a lens correction. That's about it. Yeah. Um, so you were just auto, auto white balance. barrel distortion, I'm assuming? Yeah, because the, the so barrel the distortion... Stars? Yeah, yeah, the okay. entire edges, all the edges were just bent. So, like, yeah. it, it literally just straightened everything out and brightened it a little bit. But, um, like, you know, you almost almost like put them into the picture. So they're there, but you're kind of like looking at everything. Right. And, um, yeah, the, the, colors, the colors from the camera. But that's 24 millimeter um, wide out on a, uh, on a full frame. I'm not going to lie to you, um, Joe. The, the, first time so, you, the first time you see Lightroom correct barrel distortion it's, awesome, it's, it's amazing no i have that's one of the reasons why i want to go to lightroom and even better apertures. in the new lightroom it's because one of my lenses is part is part of that in the new lightroom when you click that little button it says level 
and you watch the craziest looking angle just go. Yep. How did it? It's magic. It's like I got magnets. some close ups that were taken at like eight millimeters. Magic. It's like magic. Yeah, it's magic. Sick. All your tilted buildings are straight. Yeah, crazy. It, it, you know, the, the the first time I did it, I was just like mind blown, and actually made me want to shoot wider after that. Like, and you know what's funny is is with that picture, believe it or not, that was um, that was shot at like f five six or f four. So I was still shooting oh, wide wow. open. But yeah, but because but I was, so far away, I was so far away that you know, so I'm 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 I love shooting wide open. I, I if I go have to go past like F six, I start getting really scared and my palms get sweaty and it's that bad. But um, because F six, I've always been scared with F six ever since I quit my kit lens because that's where the kit lens ends at fifty five. So that's where F6. most lens get really really sharp is right around. I know. <laughs> I'm a so, cheese ball, well, but I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it depends on what Tell you're your client to wear makeup. But yeah, and that, believe it or not, that was a focus and that was one of those focus lock recompose kind of shots too, because the one deficiency on the 60D or the 60 was the um, was the the lack of focus points for a full frame, which was kind of weird. Are you are you using the back focus with with that, or are you actually triggering focus and shutter on the same button? I'm doing focus and trying the same button. People are trying to sell me on back button, and I may try it sometime. It's so great. It's just... Zach sold me on it, and I thought he was crazy, which I normally do. But <laughs> aside that, but it actually, once you try that, especially if you like to do a lot of focus and back, like you pose, back. Is that what you're yeah, yeah, basically, right. once you go back button, you never go back. We really need to trombone in this joint. I've I've tried it once, but since I'm such a um, since you'll, need to, a, you'll need to go out for a weekend and mess around with it first yeah. because it feels very unnatural. But basically, it does because like I, you know, I do my aperture on the wheel. And... Well, yeah, and that doesn't change anything. It's just that when you do that, you'll start noticing that you can focus on something and quickly shift the composition in the entire frame without worrying about losing it. And yeah. to me, it's just it saves so many shots that uh, I eventually got used to it. And now I, every camera I pick up, I'm like, oh wait, this doesn't have back focus. What am I doing? So, yeah. It, you know what? I probably haven't done it because I shoot wide open so much that anytime I move, the focus is gone anyway. Yeah. So that could be just could be a force of habit, but I got I will try it sometime. Yeah, definitely try it. And then cuz the, there's also settings in Canon where you can have that still lock the exposure, right. you can have the exposure different too. So there's I mean pros and cons to that too. Sweet. Anyway, so Zach, why don't you tell us about uh, your current uh, lens purchase forays? Yeah, so into a new lens. Two weeks ago, I had talked about uh, possibly getting a new lens, um, going prime because I only have one prime lens, and it's the 50 millimeter 1.8. Uh, it's it's a neat little lens, but uh, everybody always talks about how great prime lenses are and how you really can't beat them and blah 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 blah. And so I had eyed up the 85 1.2, Canon's 85 1.2 L. Um, and couldn't seem to get this nagging voice out of my head, which was pretty much the entire internet that said, "If you're gonna get that lens and take it on, take it, take it with you to weddings. Uh, pray that it's not dark, and, yeah. and pray that uh, you don't need it for action shots uh, because it's slow to focus. It's a great lens, great, great image quality. Uh, it's just really, really but it's slow. Like studio lens, yeah, right? It's, it's really a studio lens. So, like, like I said before, I've shot it at a wedding, but. It's it's I was the third shooter, so right. it almost made sense. You don't want it as a primary lens on a camera. You got to, you're gonna flip it so quick. You know you're gonna want to put another lens on it the moment the bride starts moving. You know. So I kind of kind of um, 
you know, searched around the internet and asked some people some questions just to to kind of see what all was out there. And I actually talked to um, talked to one of the uh, the people that I did an engagement shoot for. He is also a, a fellow photographer, and he had mentioned that one of the lenses he likes to put on his kit was a thirty five millimeter. So I did a little bit more research and stumbled upon um, the fact that Sigma just came out with a new 35 millimeter. Um, for some reason, I've gotten into this weird thing where I don't, um, I'm afraid to, to get out of Canon's happy little little bubble. Um, but I did uh, I did, did a lot of research and, and Canon or uh, Sigma just came out with a, a 35 millimeter. It's a 1.4. Um, and it's part of their new art line of lenses. Um, it's pretty much gotten all but perfect reviews from everybody that's taken a look at it. Um, about the biggest complaint they could come up with was that it's plastic and that it's not weather sealed. Um, but other than that, they said that um, the image quality is fantastic. Oh, and, and besides the fact that it's a Sigma, which means you got about a 25% chance of getting a crap lens. Um, but other than it's, that, is it, is it really that high? It's not I that high. I don't even think it's that high. Um, okay. But it, it seems like uh, it seems like Sigma has really taken a. Uh, um, Beating. <laughs> no, no, no. It seems like Sigma has really taken a lot of the the stuff that they've they've been getting uh, into consideration because it, it really kind of seems like this might be the start of something really, really great for them. Um, you had you had the the big wigs in the photography industry talking about this and comparing it to. Uh, Canon and Nikon lenses that you know have been heralded as the greatest thing since sliced bread, um, all for a fraction of the cost. I mean, we're, you look at the the eighty five one two; it's retailing for about two grand. Um, this thing's nine hundred dollars. Uh, it's Damn. it's it's got a ton of elements in it. It really kind of is a, a sharp looking lens. Uh, you so know I think what you should do Zach. What's that? You should go get the the eighteen to thirty five one eight. I want prime. Yeah, I mean it's it's like you know you get the prime for the wide open aperture, you get a one eight, and the thing is so amazing, and the reviews are so amazing, and it's so back ordered right now. Well, that's a that's a nice thing about this too is it's it's shipping and ready to go. Um, go get it. You can't get it though. Yeah, but um, so I think I think that's probably going to be a lens that I end up getting uh, mainly because one it's got it's been getting great reviews, and two it's it's a focal length that I really don't. Um, I don't seem to cover too well. Uh, looking back no. on the, the wedding that I shot, everything was up close, uh, and anything that was wide open was grainy, dark, and and just really poorly shot. Um, and I think a lot of that was the instability of my 24 to 70 at at a 24 30ish focal length. Um, and another de deciding factor was really the fact that with the slowness of the 85.12, if I really need 85 millimeters, I can I can throw the 50 millimeter on my 7D, and it's yeah. pretty much an 85 millimeter. Touche. Yeah, so, very good point. And one of the other cool things, uh, it, which was actually one of the things that I wanted to touch on tonight, Sigma seems to be kind of jumping on that bandwagon of, hey, you know, we're not Canon, we're not Nikon, we're not the, the two major uh, makers, but we really want to make an impact on the community. So they, um, they've got a USB dock for their lenses. Yep. And this was actually the first time I had ever read about it. But essentially what it's doing is future-proofing your lenses. It allows you to upgrade the firmware um, and also make, you know, minute edits to the, the focal uh, focal points and everything else in the lens. 
and really kind of tweak it so that it, it fits how you're how how you want it to shoot. Um, and it's not expensive; it's like sixty or seventy bucks. If if you read that, remember we talked about that um, the lens rentals, like the giant, you know, what have we processed the last year article? Yeah. Roger Roger Sigler actually mentions in that article that they've been using the dock um, for adjustments that would normally take three to you know like three weeks or yeah. you know a week to three weeks. And he actually gives a glowing praise, saying it's been like saving their tail. So now like he's he's doing adjustments that he would normally send to Canon. You know, for yeah, I mean, it, it literally there's, uh, and we'll we'll post a video in the show notes, but it's it's literally an interface that gives you, you know, your your um, focal lengths and and you can tweak focus settings per focal length and and you know make make minor. So tiny... you can customize the firmware, is what you're saying, or, or adjust it or upgrade it. Yeah. So what what exactly would you be adjusting, like back focus or? Yeah, focus? like let's say you get a you get a um the, the one of the. One of the complaints that I did read about the 35, uh, the Sigma 35, was that uh, if you're using anything but center focus focusing, uh, the outside focal points tend to back focus a little bit. Uh, so this allows you to tweak it, and I I would guess that as um, as kind of the the industry latches on to this sort of technology, you're going to see a lot of people posting custom settings for the firmware of each lens. Like if you experience this back focus problem. Try tweaking this setting, yeah. and if they don't, I'll buy the dock and start doing it myself. So Zach's going to do it, regardless if anybody else does. Now, now make sure you're getting the the 35 art lens, I think. Yeah, well, that's that's um, yeah, that's the only one I've got my eye on. Okay, because yeah, I was going to say if it's not in one of those new series, it's not going to work with the dock. And it's got a fancy little A on the side that says. I art. know it looks it looks dope. Yeah. So that's uh that's kind of where, that's where most of uh, my um. Photography. I was gonna say, you know, as weird as is when I went and rented that thirty-five for the wedding, my gut just told me to do the lens. I'd been looking at like four thousand different lenses I could have, you know, taken on, and my gut's like between the twenty-four one hundred five and the thirty-five, you're gonna be good. And I love, love shooting at that focal length. And what's funny is like you had recommendations. I had a friend who does amazing weddings, uh, root weddings in Orlando and Nashville, and um, I met him a while back when he was trying to um, shoot the space shuttle and so we got talking because he pulled out like you know a bunch of 5d mark ii's and giant lenses and stuff so of course i had to talk with him but anyway i've been following for a while and the one thing i asked him i'm like if you could have one lens at a wedding it was only one lens what would it be and he's like 35 millimeter and and i just kind of like kind of brushed it off but the moment i used it for a wedding I, i understand exactly what he's talking about now like you can get up close get those you know those those high you know the, the close wide open shots and you can still get the, the far away shots too and it's all just about moving your body but well and you know one of the things that we talked about before on a previous show and Joe kind of brought this up when he and I were talking about it earlier um, was the distortion that you get if you're shooting portraiture work or something like that with the with the 35 millimeter and from what I can tell there's very little it's not bad. It, yeah. It's it's actually adds it almost adds character to the shot. Like right. it almost brings the people out like I was shooting um, I was shooting, a, a, I think, the flower girl. And this one shot I got was her looking up, and it actually kind of brings her face out. It almost gives it a 3D feel, and it didn't give it that warped, you know, like like fake compressed iPhone-ish like warp to it. It gave it a kind of warp that actually added some kind of thing. So when I, when I, threw, a, um, when I threw some edit to it, you know, it, was, it, it kind of almost brought out the details that I want to bring out, like her eyes and stuff. And it just kind of naturally aided in 
in bringing out what I'd focused on in the middle to the foreground. So I, I really can't complain about the flow length at all. Like all I dream about now is owning a 35 millimeter. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've been I've been a I've been a 50 guy for a couple of years now, but now I've found a new love. So, but yeah, you you can't go wrong with that focal length. You really can't. And Sigma's doing so well now that you really can't go wrong with Sigma either. Very nice, very nice. So I only shot one thing this week, and it was kind of a different thing to shoot than normal because I was actually asking someone to take a picture with me, which is really freaking rare. Selfies? No, not dick, a selfie. Dick more pics. Of, more of a, <laughs> I wanted to get a picture with somebody else. Yeah, exactly. That's really what I was going Oh, for. I was right. There's the dick. Uh, yeah. That's Robert Scoble. Yeah, boy. So, um, Work it. And apparently, I thought I was bad, but he carries around. Are those around. gifts? Three phones. I wish. I wish. Yes. No, he's like, here, here, here's the phones I have, and it's like a deck of cards. I'm like, oh, okay. But um, <laughs> I love but yeah. So cool. yeah. So I got to I got to check out the Moto X, and I guess outside of any tech blogger, like they're not available yet. So that was a very interesting device to hold. But he also still has the uh, the new Nokia Lumina in his pocket as well, as well as an S4, um, which that's, is currently which currently broadcasting to his. Uh, pair of glass but yeah i mean that was i literally it was I, I plan to write a blog post but i literally just emailed him out of the blue saying hey i'm also a glass user i would love glass to get all. a picture with you uh yeah something like that um and uh next thing you know uh you i actually hear back I, I yeah i mean i got i heard back from him which apparently is very rare so it must have been the headband yeah probably the headband you Did, know did you have that something, fancy something like shirt that. on? Did Did you invite him to be a, a guest <clears throat> on the F Stubs here? Eventually, eventually. No, 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 no. There's no eventually. We oh, We've got to oh, get Robert happening. Scoble. That's our okay. Mission. All right. Well, I will. We'll tweet this uh, link out to him when we're done and tell beg him to come on our show. You know, you know, let me tell you. The picture that I got, I was take. Um, we were taking like where we were in was Rackspace's offices where they do like the interviews and. Oh, we need a setup like that. It was <laughs> awesome. I mean, we could also probably use like tier one broadband or whatever. There's no, you could use play. tier one broadband because your connection's terrible right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, but yeah, that's the only shooting I did this week. Um, but it was uh, you know, something I, a little different, I guess. I, I, I think that wins though. No, I, I, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. <laughs> I'm just, if it was, you definitely win. So. You definitely win. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations on the contest that wasn't that you won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm out. I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, so what else do we have on the? Uh, let's talk about the royal baby. Yes. <clears throat> and how much I don't hate the pictures. Yeah. So apparently, some people are really miffed about that. When I did they get a dog? Get a reflector. Yeah, for real. Shadows were yeah. terrible on their faces. Yeah. It, it apparently, according to Pop Photo, it was a point and shoot camera. Uh, I have not been able to confirm the model number because, as you know, detailed me, I needed an exact camera model. I was, I was, you know, praying for Olympus for Jamie because then I knew he couldn't hate the image if they had been shooting with Olympus. <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh, oh I totally wow. Could. But okay, oh, so. Wow. It, uh, bad without, picture, without... bad picture. I don't care what you make it with. I mean, it, hey, it could be a Hasselblad point shoot. Then who would we complain it, to? It could be Google Glass. 
You mean a Sony oh, Nex? <laughs> oh. Yeah. It was a Nokia 1020. Oh. Oh, 41 megapixels of crap. Oh. <laughs> so, well, yeah, so, but it definitely it definitely looks like it was not exactly a great camera setup, but... Wasn't it Kate Middleton's dad that took the pictures? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't think it was a pro photographer, though. I gotta tell you, it doesn't matter what camera... It, it, does, it, it doesn't matter. By her dad. Here's why I don't hate it in two reasons. Because she's in one, it. Well, yeah. Well, and because she's in it. Hey, buddy. Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> That's two reasons, Joe. <laughs> no, no, number one, it's because I think it's the royal family allowing more of the commoner family to actually have a part. It has nothing to do with photography, but as well, everything the to do. can now view the royal family. Well, no, it's there. I, I think it's great because it shows yeah, that people yeah, are got a point. That the the royal family was willing to let the dad come in and take some pictures and say, "Hey, guess what? You can post these, and we'll share them with everybody." And then number two, it's a sign of the times. Is it a, what? Is it North Korea? They can't normally do that. Is it really? <laughs> well, that I mean, Th this guys, this I is would... a sign of the times. We we talk about how the, every the normal the normal air quotes families are the ones taking their own pictures now, buying a rebel or buying a point shoot or shooting with iPhones. Well, guess what? The royal family's doing it now. It's it's we've we've hit we've hit yeah. the golden age of everybody taking their own family photos and posting them to everybody, and it's just come out big. I mean, it doesn't bother me at all. This is this is sign of the times. But Jamie, to answer your question, normally for stuff like this in the past, it's been basically what, what? the royal family hires. Yes. I and everything I that you see comes out of there. I understand that, but it's not like they've never probably had somebody from within their family shoot a photo, right? Yeah, but I don't think anybody's ever shared it, and it's gotten to this level. Exactly. Of like this is this is the I first mean, this, family this is like picture. This is like like the president's dad taking a picture and posting it on Facebook and having the media pick it up. Like it's just not. Am typical. I the only person that thinks big freaking deal? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I was, well, you know, whatever. Also. This is I'm not like the president's dad taking uh, his picture and putting it on Facebook because the president's dad is dead. Uh, Thanks for judging it up. Thanks for judging. Well, I was trying to give an American reason. What kind of camera would he use, Goo goo glass. Well, we have knocked him if he was using a Pentax Spotmatic versus a Canon A1. Oh man. No, Instax. Definitely Pentax Instax. I mean, that's the way to go. <clears throat> All right, so speaking of poor cameras and bad cameras, let's talk about gas, or more specifically, gear acquisition syndrome. Because I think maybe we want to have something like that. Zach, do you want to lead it off? No, I think uh, the guy that just talked about buying a $900 lens is probably not the best choice to lead off a conversation about gear acquisition syndrome. But you technically need the lens. Okay, so gear acquisition syndrome is like somebody who thinks they need a $1,500 pair of sunglasses that can tweet. Ah? Uh, see where I'm going uh, with this? Uh, see where I'm going okay, with so this? That's, that's where this is going to go. Google that's Glass. Yeah, yeah, because, you know. May as well call it Google Gas. Glass acquisition. Oh, please. Glass acquisition. You got to be careful because that leads to gas. Google acquisition syndrome. Next thing you know, Sergey Brin's out of a job. Yeah. Yep. I'll, I'll go pull Bezos and just buy it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, so the, I guess some scientists have discovered that there's actually a scientific reason why people buy crap. Who'd have thought that buying stuff makes you happy? <laughs> you know, the, the woman had it figured it out, have it figured out, and they actually openly let it happen, but we hide it as men behind um, the, the pretense of buying tools to do I, better. I, I think we are basically covering all of our bases on offending everybody. Well, no, I mean, look at it like this. So here, here, the, no, oh, Josh, is, Josh is on to something. Oh, I, I have, I, I, I had, had oh, one God. tree, oh, one tree on my property, but I went out and bought a $200 chainsaw to cut that exactly. son of a bitch down. Now I have no trees, but I got a chainsaw. <laughs> and Boom. that chainsaw is amazing. Google Glass. The apocalypse comes. Zach. I'm ready. Google Glass. Bravo. Bravo. Good job. What the so, hell is glass going to do in the apocalypse? That's right. Take pictures so of getting your brains eaten. Eat a zombie with them? Uh. You know, we're, we're all stressed in certain ways. <laughs> well, it's the same thing like a phone. What is a phone going to do in an apocalypse? you got to throw uh, somebody's head? I mean, come on. Okay, so glass. Eat kids. brains. No, it's going to get me directions so I'm sprinting out of the city. <laughs> I know where to turn. Oh, crap. But all the cell networks are going to be dead, and you're screwed. Zombie tracker app. Zombie tracker app. All the zombies are in Foursquare. Now we know where they are. So, they actually, there was a glass hackathon this past weekend um, that Scoble was at that one of the guys there developed a drone, a remote control drone mechanism. Was that a names, Zach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just, I just dropped it. I don't know if you knew that. Yep, yep. My good buddy Robert. No, but I wasn't there. I wasn't there. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, I saw it. I he was one of the judges. I when saw they hung it. out later, they talked about it. Nope, did not talk about <laughs> it later. Um, but it was actually kind of cool because basically they were controlling a drone via glass. And doing which is lines also kind of, of code? Uh, yeah, with lines of code, obviously. And the um, mirror, mirror yeah, API. Everybody missed but that. But the really, the really funny thing is if that would happen, like that one photographer that ran the drone into the couple's head uh, <laughs> while doing bridal shots. I think that, that would be a little bit awkward. Nothing Nothing says pay me a lot of money for a wedding like crashing a drone into your face. Yeah, apparently I have to be worried about that at my own wedding, too. That's what liability insurance is for. Boom. Blah, blah. <laughs> or strapping yeah. a drone to your face like glass. You have to yeah. have a rider for that. Special rider for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Google Glass. But seriously, I'm, there's... I'm, there's... I'm literally getting messages from people saying that my internet speed is horrible. They're watching the show. So, yes, Dude, maybe I need to go find a new spot I'm telling you, it's rough. Or start wow. starring in Kung Fu flicks. Take your pick. So anyway, back, I love Kung Fu flicks. Gas yeah, for a quick back. second. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about gas. Um, no, it's, I mean, it's, let's it's, talk it's, about it's, gas. <laughs> it's it's like the whole you know you know some people do certain things to relieve stress like you know you exercise you do this or that and they're pointing out that scientifically you know one of the ways to to like clear your brain up and to get yourself to think where you want to be thinking is to go and buy something that makes you feel better about yourself makes you feel better about something that you're doing and it relates perfectly to gear and photography and I'm sure it applies to a lot of other stuff but you know I mean you know our wives or our girlfriends or you know women or whatever they usually since there's no one around here I'm talking like they're not here but um, you know, they'll, they'll go out and they go shopping and buy stuff, and it's the whole, hey, honey, can I buy a purse deal? 
And it's it's the same thing I think with you know with us and gears like we just try we we have better ways of justifying it like you know I'm taking care of my family and you know I could find ways to justify going out and buying an 18 to 35 right now or upgrading my camera body but you know it's it's something I fight all the time it's why I went out bought a used 50D instead of buying a brand new camera because I'm like you know what my family needs money more than I do and you know I'll feel better about holding like a brand new whatever. 60 Mark III, whatever you name it, even a 70. So this study on gear acquisition syndrome, did they actually study photographers' reasonings, or was it just shopping in general to satisfy some sort of deep-seated emotional whatever issues? It's because daddy didn't love you. do it for a different reason. I feel like that. Yeah. Just from what I see like on Flickr groups and stuff like that, I think people that do that don't do it necessarily all the time because they have this deep-seated need to I don't know, whatever, their mom didn't hug them enough or whatever the problem was, you know, <laughs> that they need to go buy some lenses. But um, in photography communities, it seems like people are getting them because, well, I have to get the new whatever, you know, 1.4 because it's going to make me better as a photographer. Yeah. Not as a person or not because I have some further deep issues. They just seem like they feel like they need to get new gear to step up their game. You know, do you guys see that at all, or is it just me? I hang out. And play. No, no, no. I definitely think it's a, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. deeply rooted. I, I think there's a fine line between wanting to aspire to be better. So it's like, hey, I really enjoy birding. I'm going to buy a brand new birding lens so I can really start doing it, as opposed to saying, you know what, that big lens looks pretty awesome. I'm going to buy it. I don't even know what I'm going to use it for, but I want to have it because you know I can take it out of photo walks. Like, I, I think that that's like where that that line kind of is drawn, is. You know, am I really going to use this to help improve my art and stuff like that, or is it just something I wanted because I want it? I mean, I know there's a lot of people that understand that that next lens will make a difference in their photography, and that's why they get it because they know what it's going to do for them and how they're going to benefit from it. But there's a lot of people that feel like they're just going to get it because it will make them better, not because their abilities will make the lens work better for them. Well, yeah, yeah. and knowing how to use it. Even in the article, they point out, um, they pull a quote from a book called Art and Fear by David Bayless and Ted Orlando, or Orland, and um, they're talking about um, fear and fear about art making from the two families, fears about yourself and fears about your reception by others. And, you know, they point out how artists quit when they convince themselves that their next effort is already doomed to fail. So, you know, by, you know, by getting something new or by, get, you know, by you know, trying to pick up gear or by getting something that will make you feel like you know, the next, you know, Ansel Adams or Robert Capper or something, you know, whatever, whatever will make you feel like that, you know, that person, then your fear of failure starts getting diminished as you kind of like, you know, and, and honestly, it's why I rent gear right now, because it kind of, I combat that by getting something I know I can't keep. So it keeps me, it keeps me honest rather, you know, if I was to go get something, you know, if I was to go buy a brand new lens right now, I would lean on that. So and once you get into that habit of using that, you got to go get the next big thing. So, you know, I, I kind of put myself through the been there, done that, and I'm going to go back and use what I know because, you know, I really can't afford it right now kind of deal. And, um, you know, as, as every photographer I've ever talked to, I've looked up to says, don't ever go into debt for your stuff. So, you know, that's, I, I use that kind of stuff to fight wanting to just go out and blow my, blow my wad on stuff. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I, I kind of experienced this a little bit when I bought the 1D off of Zach, just because it's really, it's got a super fast shutter speed, but for low light stuff, it doesn't work very well. And it was something that was like, well, I want, you know, 
I wanted a really nice camera. So, and I felt like I was getting to a point with my T2i that I just couldn't break over. I needed to kind of go up the next tier, and this was the easiest way to do it. And it kind of turned out that for the most stuff that I wanted to shoot with that um, camera body outside of really landscapes, it just wasn't working for me. It just it wasn't a good deal. Um, so it was something where that kind of made me really take a step back and be like, all right, well, what am I shooting most of the time? I need to make sure that whatever I decide to upgrade to in the future can support that, not just because it's, you know, a 1D. And, I mean, that's kind of – because, I mean, when I first got into photography, I was like, yep, eventually I want myself a 1D, regardless of what it can actually do. I just right. want a 1D. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, and granted, don't get me wrong, if, I, if somebody gave me a 1DX tomorrow, I wouldn't complain about it. But at the same time, there's definitely things that I would have to really work on to make it the you know, most bang for the buck, per se. Yeah. Like, I mean, like Jamie, I don't know if you kind of experienced that with some of the camera models that you, um, you've gotten from Olympus, you know, just kind of the good, better, best thing. And if there's really a big, huge difference in terms of, um, you know, something from like the Pen 5 or Pen 3. It's got to be harder with Micro Four Thirds, considering there's so much out there, and sometimes it's cheaper. Um, when it's all free, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, I mean, it, but so before, wait, so can I do a name drop here? I mean, come on. You do that but, routinely. But before I, well, it was like, that, I mean, I understand it totally. I went through the same thing, you know. I started off with the low end camera and worked my way up to their flagship DSLR. You know, I mean, I know what it's all about. Yeah, but um, I honestly I swear that I kind of knew better than that going into it. The very first lens purchase that I made was a 50 millimeter 2.0 macro, and I was talked into it by the sales guy. I wanted like the big giant zoom lens, you know, mm -hmm. and he says no, just trust me. He goes get this lens. If you're not happy with it after 30 days, he goes come back and we'll put you into the telephoto lens. I never went back, yeah. and from that point on, I realized I need to stop think about what this next lens is going to help me accomplish and not just get it because it's big, it's expensive, whatever. Exactly. You know, I think I, I'm lucky enough to have learned early. Like I said, I spend a lot of time on Flickr groups and I see so many people coming in saying, I want the 35 to 100 F2. I have to have it. I have to have it. And I'm like, well, what are you shooting? You know, all oh, my kids. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't need a. What's aperture priority mode? Kids. What's that? What's aperture yeah, priority mode? I just shoot in the little green square. Yeah, I shoot in the little green square. I I can't tell you how how like when I when I was using like the OMD, like I would have just taken that sixty millimeter macro and like welded it to that camera and never worried about another lens ever again. You know, it's it you know the the pure functionality and just having that one lens and it may not be the coolest lens and it may not be a super zoom and it may not be you know a wide out full frame but you know you find that one thing that actually works and yep. you stick with it and that, I mean, that's honestly why I shot most of my stuff with a 514 for a while I got it cheap from a photographer who said hey you know here, here have this lens and tons of people told me hey do a 50 do a 50 do a yep. 50 and so once I once I discovered how cool it was to do that versus like sit there and just zoom in and out you know it, it just changed how I thought about stuff and that's that's kind of why I wanted you know the new gear I want to get I want my thinking to be you know I want I want to be challenged by it I don't want it to be something I get to be cool or to show up because you know half the time when I shoot people's pictures I could show up with a T1i and they could care less See, that's they're what just, Primes just, did for me you know you they're know, just looking for I was Zach asleep 
Now I'm here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's what Primes did for me. I mean, I, I have completely changed the way I shoot in the last year and a half. See, and that's why Just I want that 35. What's that? That's why I want that 35. You, oh, uh, yeah. Like, honest to God, uh, like, hearing no, you talk no. about how you love shooting in Primes, Jamie, really kind of makes me want to go out and get my hands on a good one. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. It's totally, like, it changes everything. Well, yeah, exactly. You the 60-millimeter one, the 60-millimeter macro that you got. I, I, I like macro. it. I like it a lot, but for macro stuff. But yeah, but I mean, you it's also it for portraits. Yeah, it's also great for portraits. Yeah, I mean, for some frame, reason, macro lenses do really great. The, oh yeah, work, and I don't understand. Yeah. It has to be something with the elements, the way they're set up in macros. But I just haven't gotten a chance to use it yet. Just be careful if you ever like lend out a macro lens. Well, Zach already knows this, but yeah, be careful if you lend out a macro lens to a significant other. You may not see it again. <laughs> and it's basically like permanently on Jules's camera now. It is by far her favorite lens, um, which was a bummer because it used to be my favorite lens. <laughs> hey, the, you know the, when the big thing is with macro lenses that the elements are different than a normal lens. Yeah. Oh yeah, the so, configuration is different. And, and you're actually better off shooting macros with a really closed aperture, like 11 and up. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, versus yeah. because you actually don't get that weird plane of focus when you're shooting. You know, yeah, like you don't all, want to shoot all of your work is like, yeah, it's at like f11 and it's lit yeah. off camera with flash. But the portrait work that I did over the weekend with the macro was at f2.8. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. They weren't bugs, they were girls. But... <laughs> But, you know, I, I think, you know, to, to, in Zach's defense, I think he has legitimate reasons for wanting to get something like that. So, you know, because so if, if it was just to have another lens to, you know, bust out at a wedding, then it'd be like, whoa. But, you know. Can you guys put, a, can you guys adapt old lenses to your cameras? Is that common? Or no? Do people not do that? Uh, it's not common, well, it but it can be done. Yeah, I mean, it depends on, like, how old you're talking about, I guess, really. Like, from the 70s, like a Minolta Roker X. Mm. Uh, oh, so, like, an F-mount, Zach, to yeah. DF? Yeah. You can yeah, get an adapter, right? Yeah, I think you could get an adapter. I mean, there's some adapters out there for uh, Nikon to Canon and vice versa, right? Not that they're great, but... No, it's kind of, like, a big thing for um, the Micro Four Thirds users, is, mm -hmm. um, is adapting legacy glass to the cameras or whatever. And I'm telling you what, there's some kick-ass deals in lenses out there. If you look on eBay for old lenses, the glass is great. Yeah. And yeah. because of the coatings on some of the optics, they look – they just have a different look to them. Although some well, of them are, are radioactive. For Zach, for Zach wanting yeah, to do some of them are radioactive, so <laughs> yeah, well, literally you know, Like I said, my wife's an x-ray tech. I'll wear a badge. She'll <laughs> let me know if I'm dying. But um, no, for Zach or anybody wanting to get into macro for cheap – or I mean uh, primes for cheap – I just thought that might be a route for you guys, sure. like it is for Micro Four Thirds shooters. Very true. You know, because that 51.4 I got, I think I got it for 15 bucks. There's no fungus, there's no scratches, there's no dust inside even of it. There, even there's if there no is fungus. There's no oil on the aperture blades. I got it from Goodwill. Nice. Hey, that's <laughs> a great... I, I, I gave Goodwill. an entire bag of film stuff to yeah. Goodwill. Goodwill has Goodwill. online? ShopGoodwill.com. Shop yep. and you can look at the Goodwill stores across the entire country. Holy crap. So like, in another one, I got a 28 millimeter. Josh two, gets up and leaves. <laughs> for ten bucks. Nice. Again, another flawless piece of glass. I'm such a cheapskate. I got I got my 50 millimeter one for for 45 bucks, and somebody just sent it back back from Canon Services. Hmm. So I don't know. Like I said, I figured I'd throw that out there. I've actually awesome. been walking around with that 51 4 on my EP5 for a week. How's it been There's, so far? 
it's killer. It's awesome. I'll share some pictures with you sometime if you want to see them. I love sure. them. Love to. There's a thousand some odd listings on Goodwill for it looks like a like a eBay meets Craigslist site. Really? What is it? Well, shopgoodwill.com is the Goodwill yeah. of Orange County. Yeah. Well, no, you can actually choose which one you want to go yeah. to. It's like Craigslist. So here, Joe, um, this was shot with the 51.4. I don't know if you oh, can wow. see. And that, well, it's, yeah, it's a, a little bit of treatment that I did in Lightroom, but um, still, it's a cool piece of glass. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, and speaking of uh, different pieces of glass, I think the last topic we wanted to talk about today was the um, head of Red Camp, well, Red, which makes cameras and really awesome video cameras, such as the Epic. 4K! Um, the Jim Gennard, who's... Uh, before Red was actually founding Oakley, uh, just mm -hmm. recently stepped down to do God knows what with his billions of dollars. So um, He's going to space. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go talk to Elon Musk while he's at it, you know, something like that. But uh, it's, it's definitely interesting to see uh, how the um, how Red will go from there because um, Jim is a very, very big photography buff and apparently he has an insane collection of cameras something in the ballpark of like over a hundred vintage cameras that he scours eBay and uh, stuff around the world to go pick up that are like limited edition one of kind stuff like that so um, it'll be interesting to see where Red goes because um, I've never shot anything on Red I'd love to play around but kind of like the gear acquisition syndrome like yeah it'd be great to shoot a video in 4k of my dog but what's the point you know what I mean Let's just say Red is awesome. Oh, I yeah. don't dispute I, that one. I have friends who shoot on it. and Actually, there's a church I know that has five of them on 50 grand rigs. Wait, um, what? Flying Boom. Yeah, they use one for... Um, they, they actually use one for full-size uh, screen replication at a remote campus. So they actually have a steady one that sits there with the... I forget what size lens it was. It was like a 100-millimeter lens on it. And they shoot down the stage, and it's a steady shot, and they they put it up there so the pastor at the remote campus comes down and looks like he's full size on stage at the small campus. Oh, so it's yeah, like when it's like when Tupac uh, yeah, and they, did that, but not a hologram. Not a hologram. Sure, <laughs> but it's it's the the resolution's insane on those things. Well, Tupac yeah, looked pretty good 4K, too. 4K. Yeah, 4K resolution, which is semi misleading depending on who's saying it's 4K. But that's a holy crap! Today. I found it. That Goodwill, can Canon EOS 20D body powers on 10 bucks. That's it, powers on. Keep in mind, the 5D Mark II that I dropped in the mud also powered on, but did nothing else. But also self sold for $1,100. Yeah, also not $10. Oh, yeah, I'm not getting this one. It's got, like, green crap growing on the inside of the viewfinder. Never mind. That's That's boogies. No, this is, like, spiderweb crap. Oh, geez. Good boy. Paradise, paradise. So, let's see. Anything else you guys like to chat about today before we... Uh, lens tag. Off? Visit lens tag. Sign up your gear. Yeah, mine's finally... I think all of my lenses have finally gotten verified. Uh, all of I don't my... know if you guys missed it, but he said people are doing their iPhones and everything on there. Oh, really? No, I oh, yeah. definitely did not see that. <laughs> I thought this was for cameras. And, and if anybody who's listening in... He wasn't bothered by it. He's like, yeah. Yeah, whoever's listening in has no idea what we're talking about. Please watch last week's show where we interviewed Trevor, who is the founder of Let's Tag, um, kind enough to join us and uh, has a very 
very, very cool service that um, helps you keep track of your gear, uh, especially if somebody tries to steal it. Mm. So, which splits Which happens, sadly. So, but um, but yeah, Zach, I don't know if we just want to wrap it up early tonight. Yeah, we can go ahead and do that. Um, run out of articles. Yeah, who'd have thought the four of us would <laughs> run out of <laughs> crap to talk about? Well, I mean, uh, okay, hold on. glass. Before, what else can we talk about? Before, yeah, before oh, we wait, go there. Oh, no, before we go there, did we miss any demographic that we were supposed to offend today? Because I think we got all of them, but um, yeah, my checkbox. Cats. Box. We forgot about cats. Yeah, well. Hey Joe, have you had Siri talk to Glass yet? Uh, no, I have not had Siri talk to Glass. Why not? All right, no. I could, I could try. <laughs> you could set him up, you know, kind of, kind of get it going a little bit. See, let, let things. Smudgy, smudgy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Know what I'm saying? So, does, does any have any of you guys ever watched the TV Four show lines. Eureka? Eureka's Castle? Yeah, no, Eureka. Like the oh, TV you, that sci-fi show? On, on sci-fi. Eureka's no. Castle, I've seen it. I used to. Okay. Yes, so uh, Deputy Andy and the Smart House were in a relationship, and Deputy Andy was an android robot. What yeah, you, really? So, uh, yeah, just Google it. It was very weird. So, yeah, <laughs> that's probably why I don't want Siri and uh, my glass eloping off. Making babies. Yeah, something like that. Uh, you don't want those pictures back. <laughs> like to see that photo stream, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think uh, at that point in time, now we have offended everybody, so we should probably wrap it up. Okay. Uh, thanks for tuning in and listening this week. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, make sure you tell your friends, subscribe, and if you feel like doing it, uh, please come back. give us a thumbs up. <laughs> if you're watching... Really nice uh, people. We'll be uh, better next time, I promise. No, we'll be worse. Um <laughs> Give us a rate or uh, a review us on iTunes. Um, we'd like to thank our newest um, host, Jamie, with his new face stuff business going on there. Oh, and stuff. face stuff, you know. Nickname, baby face. Uh, so for Joe, uh, Josh, Jamie, and myself, uh, this has been the F-Stops Here podcast. Go Hokies, and thanks for watching. All right. I like the music. Right.